Hello, welcome, my name is Joe. Today I want to do a second part for you. Last week we talked about power games, and I told you that there's a difference between power games and mind games. Today I want to talk to you about mind games. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, so last week I talked to you about power games. Today I want to talk to you about mind games, which are different. Power games tend to be more emotional. They tend to be in the moment. They tend to be... You might repeat them, but they just tend to be something that happens in the, in the moment because you are frustrated, because your emotions are running high, because you're out of control. You've left your logical or rational mind, or the person that you're dealing with has left their logical or rational mind. Mind games are a little bit different because there's, in, in my opinion, there is more intent to them. There is more of, of a sinister side to it, if you will. There is more of a approach that is I'm doing this with dare I say it in our society we hate this word but with evil intent I'm doing this intentionally to create some sort of stress for you usually for my enjoyment or so that I can feel that I have power this is why I think people see power games and mind games a little bit the same and and certainly they are in the same genre of life but what, what you have to consider is the idea that a mind game is done with intent to create power for the other person and to hurt you. Not because I'm caught up in an emotional situation where I choose poorly, but I'm choosing this on purpose. You'll see this a lot uh, in, in romantic lives, in dating lives. You'll, you'll see it at work. I was reading an article about an author that, to be honest with you, I've never heard of, but he had the number one selling debut novel or something and uh, in 2017 and essentially when the person who wrote the article called every person that the person that the author worked with they all said kind of the same things I knew people would be calling me I wondered if it would be a, a, a writer or the FBI because this person exploited people he took power over people he did things that are just wrong a person who's playing mind games, they're looking to establish power through hurting you without any emotion attached to it. Or at the very least, very little emotion attached to it. They are engaging in the idea that you're there as their subject. And so I'll see this a lot in dating. Ladies, let me, let me talk to the ladies who are listening. If you have a guy that just calls you when he wants sex, he's playing mind games with you. That's it. If he isn't willing to be seen with you in public, you shouldn't be having sex with him because he's just using you. And I see that a lot. Gentlemen, if she is just gaslighting you and this happens, right? Hey, let's go out Saturday night. You get ready. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's gaslighting you. That's a, that's a mind game. It's dangerous. It's painful. And it will always lead to more unhealth. Where a power game is about winning an argument, a mind game is about establishing control and power and authority over someone else. A mind game is designed to create ridicule and mock, and it's just designed to, a lot of times, it comes from a person who's severely hurt. They're trying, severely hurt at some point in their life, and they're trying to 
avoid being hurt again by just self-sabotaging, but it's still dangerous for you. And the best thing you can do if you are caught in a relationship with a person who is consistently engaging in mind games and the relationship back out of the relationship. If you're married, that's going to complicate things a little bit. We'll get to that in a moment. But if you're not married to the person, end it, get out of it, back away. Mind games will come in a lot of ways. And certainly when I say they're not doing it because they're caught up in emotion, I'm not saying that emotion isn't part of it. I'm saying that it's actually usually something that's planned out. That's the difference between a power game and a mind game. And so if the best thing to do is just, you know, hey, so long and just avoid them because they're going to be destructive. They're going to bring toxicity to your life. If you can't do that or you realize, oh my goodness, this person's playing a mind game with me, the very first thing to do is, is don't try to understand it. Don't try to understand why. Right? We could talk about whether well, they're doing it because they feel insecure and they're trying to find security in their life. Uh, they're doing it because they were hurt and so they're trying again to find power and control in their life and keep the hurt from happening. But the reality is none of that matters. If there's a fire, if you wake up and there's a fire in your house, you don't care why it started. You just want to get out of the house. So if you can't get out of the relationship, the first thing to do is just call their bluff. A lot of times mind games will come up in ultimatum form. They'll come up where one thing is said and the exact opposite is meant. Don't let it vary from that. When they're like, okay, well, no, I said this. No, 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 you said this. I did not. Maybe do that dance once more. And then if that's the case, okay, well, obviously we don't agree on what happened. So how do we resolve this? And if there isn't a good solution offered, that's a good way to know you're probably in a mind game. Here's how I'm going to solve it. We're done with the conversation and I'm disengaging at this moment. That will infuriate them. I guarantee it. But that's just part of the process of keeping yourself safe from people who play mind games. So you call their bluff and you rob them of the power right? After you've called their bluff, if that didn't work, one of the problems is sometimes they enjoy the rush. So they'll even enjoy having their bluff called because they can tell that it caused you to react. So you need to work on your poker face. You need to have a poker face. And if they enjoy the rush, then, then you've, you've got probably some more difficult choices. One of the things that you're going to have to decide is what do I do if they're, if, if it's just, they enjoy the rush of watching people dance, you call it out and then you move on. So you confront it. It's okay to tell somebody you're engaging with me in a way that isn't healthy and I'm done. Especially if you're dating. I see people fight harder for dating relationships than any relationship. And it's okay. Or you know what? A lot of times adult parents, I hate to say this, they'll play mind games with you for a host of reasons. And some of them are very sad, but it's irrelevant unless they're willing to get help. And so you set up boundaries and, hey, you can't talk to me like that and I'm done. And then disengage. That's confronting and moving on, calling it out and moving on. If, if they just like the rush of, of messing with your head, you've got to withdraw so that they don't get the power of, of feeling of the rush of messing with your head. I hope that makes sense. Let's talk about some of the common engagements that mind game players engage in. They'll tell you how you feel. They'll tell you your, your version of the story. They won't, like, you're not allowed to feel it. They tell you what you feel. Now, there is a, 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 a fine line here because a healthy relationship will take time to say, okay, if I understand you're right, you're, you're saying you feel this, and, and a person that you want in your life is someone who helps you question your feelings, question how you should operate out of them, but a person who tells you what you're feeling 
They're probably playing a mind game with you. They're probably trying to control you. They're probably trying to dictate how you move through life. And that's not healthy. That's not beneficial. That's, that is actually contradictory to what is health. If they tell you your version of events, that's the same type of thing. You want to avoid that conversation. No one gets to tell you how you feel. If a person's telling you how you feel, they're trying to manipulate you somehow, some way. Now, if they can give you a reason for why they think you feel that way, you made this face, you did this thing with your hand, your voice was loud. Okay, like, like that's a conversation to have. But when a person just flat out tells you, no, you felt this, you did this, that's, that's not healthy. Or they say something and then deny that they said it and you feel like you're going insane. They want to keep you off balance because if they can keep you off balance, they can maintain control. Relationships are about equity and equality, two people partnering together. And a person who's playing a mind game doesn't want two people who are partnering together. They want an employer-employee relationship. They want a, a overseer-subservient relationship, even more than the employee. Like they just, they want to control you. So they do it by keeping you off balance, by saying things, and then be like, I never said that. I never said that. Now, the next time that happens in an argument doesn't mean that you're with someone who's mind gaming you. There are times where people disagree about what was said. Sometimes people think they said something, something else came out of their mouth, they misspeak. Sometimes people mishear. But if there's a consistent theme, there's probably enough there that it's time to step back and evaluate how healthy is this relationship. They might engage in disqualifying or what I call the three D's, deny, diminish, dismiss, right? And so they might say something like, oh man, you, you are just so naive. And then when you're hurt by it, they're like, oh, I didn't mean that. I don't know why you take everything so personal. Now, sometimes that's, a, that, here's the thing. Mind game players use things that are sometimes normal. So sometimes you'll say something, somebody will get hurt. You'll be like, well, I didn't mean it like that. Why? And, and that it might not be the best way to engage, but it's not uh, a mind game. The mind game player, though, they're going to engage in that regularly. They're going to be the person who you're constantly like, wait, did they actually say that? They keep you off balance. They push at you. They deny what you feel. They tell you that you don't feel it. They diminish what you feel. It's not that big a deal. They dismiss it. Like, I just can't even believe you're talking about this. I'm not talking about it right now. If they get cornered, they might say, you know, and by cornered, I mean like, okay, they brought up something and you're trying to solve it and you get down to, to where you're down to, okay, here's the problem. Or if the, you bring up a problem and they're like, hey, I want, I want facts and examples, which again, can be a healthy response. Could you give me an example to me doing that? Could be a healthy response. But the mind game player, they're always going to want examples. And so you start to get down to one and it's just as you're about to kind of lay it out and you're about to kind of show them what you're talking about, they jump on you. They're, I can't do this right now, I'm done. And it's not that they can't do it because hurtful things have been said. It's not that they can't do it because people are shouting them down or calling them names or using sarcasm. They can't do it because they know they're about to be wrong. A mind game player could be a person, in fact, could be a person who never says they're wrong. Now, I want to, please hear me all the way through on this one. A person who never says they're wrong, and I'll hear that, well, they never say they're wrong. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a mind game player. They might just be stubborn. You might not be completely accurate in your assessment that they never say they're wrong. So not all people who it's said of they never say they're wrong are mind game players, but almost all mind game players will be people who never say they're wrong. 
People who are constantly the victim, they'll say something hurtful to you and it comes back somehow. And so you tell them, you hurt me. And somehow they turn it around. You hurt me. And you're like, wait, what? Well, that you, you called me fat. I did not. And it hurts me that you would say such a thing. That's kind of a ridiculous example. But it does happen. Alcoholics are class act mind game players. Because the, a lot of times the reason a person plays a mind game is because they want to get to whatever their goal is. And so alcoholics, substance abuse people, they engage in mind games because it gets them what they want, which is the alcohol or the substance. And so children who grow up with alcoholic parents tend to have become adults with really jaded views of relationships. Because they grew up with a person who was constantly playing a mind game with them. They were just messing with their mind. And that becomes a dangerous pattern because now they're, they're scared of, of all sorts of things. Maybe they're scared of abandonment. Or they're simultaneously scared of abandonment and intimacy. And so as those two things, like they're searching out for intimacy, but then as they get close to it, they start to feel the threat of abandonment. So they engage in their own mind games. If you really loved me, you would da-da-da-da. Now again, remember this, a lot of the things that mind games players engage in are things that in the right doses can be healthy. It's kind of like carrots. Are carrots healthy? I paused so you could say yes. And yet, one of the things that I have read, case studies, in fact, I had a patient one time who ate so many carrots, that's all the, the patient would eat was carrots. Her skin turned orange. That's not healthy. That's a food problem. That's a control problem. That's an OCD problem. They're not mind, that's not mind game playing, but it's an example of something that is healthy in the right doses being unhealthy in improper doses. And mind game players will often engage in activity that in the right dose is healthy, but they'll engage in it in the wrong dosage level, in a high dosage level, which causes unhealth. So they might ask for an example, which could be a healthy uh, dose, but they're always asking for an example, which is an unhealthy dose. So people who are playing mind games, they get you looking left and then they go right. They don't follow through on their word. And, and, and not only do they not follow through on the word, but they're like, well, I never said that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. And so one of the things to do is to just stop engaging with them. I was talking to, to somebody one time at a conference. After a conference, they came up and I talked about this I kind of went on a little rabbit trail. If you've ever been to a conference, you've ever heard me speak, you know, I, I can do that occasionally. Uh, and I went on a rabbit trail about manipulation. And this girl came up. She's like, well, my boyfriend isn't here today. Da-da, da-da, da-da. But he'll be like all into me. And then I won't hear from him for two weeks. And then he'll be like, well, why do you care? And so, you know, you need a little bit more information because at some level that's healthy. If you're dating, you still want to have other relationships. You want to have other aspects of your life going especially if you're early, they're a year in, which they were, and they're talking seriousness, disappearing for two weeks isn't cool. That, that, that's a mind game. And it's not healthy. Uh, if you have substance abuse, right? I was talking to a guy, his girlfriend had a substance abuse, and she would play mind games because she wanted to get to her substance. Coaches, if you ever watch, if you ever get the chance and you want to watch two-a-days, it's a phenomena, TV show phenomena from the early 2000s uh, that I think only had two seasons. It followed a team 
from Hoover, Alabama. Their coach is the king of mind games. He's trying to motivate them to win, right? So he's got this worthy goal at the end, which is something we want to come back to in a little bit, the, the idea of worthy goal. And we'll come back to that in a moment. But So he's got this worthy goal. He wants them to win. He wants them to become better football players. And he talks about how he holds the keys to the kingdom. They can't get a scholarship without him. And I think if you go look, either nobody or like one player got a, actually got a scholarship from that team. And it came out years later that he was in a mess of unhealth. Uh, he had a, an entirely second family or second... He had a girlfriend that he was hiding. Like while they were filming the show... Somehow he found time for two years to go see his girlfriend. He got hired by Nick Saban, and the affair came out, and so he got fired. Uh, a whole sort, a whole host of meth on his side, which is one of the things that mind you have to accept with mind game players. They're not healthy people, so they're not going to engage in healthy means of interacting too often. Because when they sit, when they think they have a, a worthy goal, right? Whether it's like to the alcoholic, getting alcohol is a worthy goal in their mind. Whether it's logical or not is another question. But in their mind, that's a worthy goal. To the coach who wants his kids to win, that's a worthy goal. To the parent who wants to raise their kids, that's a worthy goal. To the person who's trying to find love, that's a worthy goal. But because they're not healthy, they're not willing to engage in the hard work of achieving the healthy goal. So they take shortcuts and they cut things off and they cut around things and they're willing to give themselves a pass to engage in unhealthy behavior because they think it gets them this worthy goal. And you, there's no arguing with that. You can argue with them and it won't work. You have to create ironclad boundaries and withdraw. You have to. If you grew up in a church, if you operate in a church, which I'm not against this at all, but if you do, one of the things you have to consider is there are people in the church who are going to engage you in mind games because they have a worthy goal in their mind. I'll hear people all the time use guilt to manipulate people. That's a mind game. That's straight up a mind game. You can engage in manipulation and have health. It's like saying I'm going to drink poison and that's how I'm going to be healthy. So if you find yourself in a person who's playing mind games with you, which are a little bit different than power games, if you want to learn more about that, just go back one week and listen to that. Power games are usually in the moment. Mind games are, are less about being in the moment and more calculated. Either way, you need to disengage from that. You need to disengage from the person you need to remove yourself from the situation. At the very least, you need to stop that interaction. Uh, if, it's, if it's more like you might have a boss that engages in mind games. They're constantly threatening to fire you. They're constantly threatening uh, consequences that are not commensurate with, with the situation. Uh, you know, I, Certainly, I, I know a guy whose wife would threaten him. I'm going to divorce you if you don't do this. I'm going to divorce you if you don't let me do this. Those are mind games. Those aren't, that's not an emotional plea. That's a mind game. And, and, you know, call the bluff. Like, okay, like I, I'll, when people try to engage me in a mind game, I'll often say, well, you, you have to do whatever it is you have to do. I'm going to do this. And, and like when I worked at a hospital, we'd work with long-term uh, re residential clients. A lot of times they would engage in mind games. And I'd always tell them, okay, well, you do what you have to do, but we're going to do this. Now, the assumption there is that you have an objective standard for the rightness of what you're doing. And that's important. But you don't have to engage people who are playing you in mind games. 
If you're married to a person who plays mind games with you and they're like, well, blah, blah, blah I'm going to divorce you. Okay, well, you'll, you'll have to do whatever it is you have to do. Don't beg because it won't work. That's the payoff they're looking for. You know, if your boss is like, well, if you do this, I'm going to fire you. Okay, well, then you'll have to fire me unless it's something you can do, right? So like, okay, show up on time or you, you know, you get written up and you get fired. That's not a mind game. Those are boundaries and consequences. Understand the difference. But like I, I worked for a guy years ago who threw a phone at somebody. He was playing a mind game. He was on a power trip playing a mind game. He would, he would do things that were cold and calculated and he would get involved in, in power games. That's the kind of the last point that I want to make before I transition to the question that I promised to talk about last week. People who play mind games will play power games. But not everyone who plays a power game will play mind games. That's a good distinction to remember. People who play mind games, they'll still sometimes get caught up in power games, especially if their mind games aren't working. But people who play power games, in the moment, it's usually because their emotions have run out. I talked about that last week. I don't want to talk about it too much this week, but I do want you to understand the distinction and to know. What about you? Are you stuck in a relationship with someone who's playing mind games with you? If so, write in. Let me know. Uh, talk to me about it. Let's talk about it. How is it going? Are you setting up boundaries? Is this episode helpful to you in setting up boundaries? If it is, I would encourage you to share this on your social media platforms, uh, share it with your friends, give us a like or, or whatever in whatever uh, app you listen to it. I really want to get this information out to as many people as I can, and I need you to help me with that. I need to partner with you to get that done. All right, let's switch to the question uh, that was written in this week. Actually, I'm sorry, it was written in two weeks ago. Okay, so Elizabeth from Pennsylvania writes in and says, Hey, wondering if you could do a podcast on how to live on in the tension of relationships. Several of your podcasts mention tolerating when people are frustrated with us or just frustrated at situations or having expectations that things won't work out the way you want them to. So learn to live in that reality. It's excruciatingly difficult for some people to tolerate tension and they don't know where to begin. Sent from my iPhone. Uh, okay, so let's let's take a look at this for a minute. So Elizabeth from PA, one of the things that I would say is we're going to have to break this out a little bit. First of all, living in tension with someone or living in understanding that someone is, is uh, frustrated with you, living in that tension of knowing that, that your spouse, your husband, your wife, uh, your friend, your family member is, is upset with you. The first thing you have to do is you have to ask yourself, what does it mean to just brutally accept? And I talk about that a lot too, to brutally accept, okay, they're mad at me. Is there something I can do about it? If there isn't, then living in the tension means you just go about your life. And it is excruciatingly difficult. It is excruciatingly hard because we don't like it when people are mad at us. We want people to be happy with us, especially people that we love. But part of it is understanding that sometimes they have to just work through whatever it is that they're going through on their own. They have to work through their own angst, their own anguish, their own discomfort on their own. And so we let them do that by keeping ourselves uh, doing whatever it is we would normally do. So, so the, the start here, uh, Elizabeth or Beth, if I can call you that, uh, or Liz, uh, sorry, uh, is the start is asking yourself, what would I do if, I, if they weren't mad at me, what would I be doing right now that didn't involve them, right? So you give them their space. So maybe you go and you engage in a hobby. Maybe you go work out. Maybe you go read a book. Maybe you go clean. Maybe you go cook. Maybe you go to work. 
I don't know, whatever it is that you would do, maybe you're writing a book, you engage in your own activities, giving them the space to be mad. Now, if they're mad at you and you agree with them that what you did was wrong and you can apologize, then apologize and make it right. But if you've apologized to Mary or you don't agree with them that, they're, that, that what you did was wrong and that conversation isn't going any well, you see a host of previous podcasts episodes where we might just say, okay, look, we're not actually solving this right now, so let's stop talking and then go about your life as though they weren't mad at you. Now, here's the thing that I want to make sure you understand. You're still going to feel that discomfort. You're still going to feel that thing in the pit of your stomach because we're trained to not like it when people are upset with us. And that makes sense. And now if we move to the second part of your question where you ask, okay, they're not frustrated with me, they're frustrated with a situation or frustrated with something not turning out the way that they wanted it to, all the same things apply. With one exception, you might ask them, is there something I can do that would help? Would you like me to sit here in silence with you? Would you like my opinion, right? So you might ask that. And once you've kind of exhausted those, living in the tension of knowing they're upset or frustrated, you go back to it and you just engage your life. And you might have to keep telling yourself, it's okay, they can be upset. It's okay, they can be frustrated. It's okay, people get upset. It's okay, people get frustrated. People get upset and life continues. And I have to embrace that reality. So essentially, there isn't a magic pill for this. There isn't a magic formula, which I know, well, I guess I don't know that you know, but I'm sure that you, you know that you weren't expecting that. It's still hard. It's still difficult. You engage the pain of, of embracing them, embracing your life while they're in it and they're frustrated. So you engage the pain of embracing life and knowing that they're frustrated, whether it's with you or someone else. Sometimes people just need space and, and you're not space. You're a person. And so it's okay. You give them the space. You go about your day, spend time with your children, spend time with a friend. Just give them the space and understand they're upset with you. And there's going to be discomfort to that. There's going to be pain. There's going to be that feeling in the pit of your stomach. All right. Thanks so much for writing in, Elizabeth. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. And I hope that I answered your question. If I didn't, please reach back out and let me know. If you have a question, feel free to inf- to write an email to info at joemartino.com, info at joemartino.com. Please put podcasts in the subject line. That is an aggregate mailbox. In other words, four or five people here actually see that mail. And I'm one of those people. But if there isn't podcasts in the subject, I might not see it. So please put podcasts in the subject. You can also reach me online at my webpage, joemartino.com. Once again, if you like this, please feel free to share it with your friends. Uh, If you haven't already, don't forget to register for our marriage conference coming up March 2nd, which is just right around the corner at the Crown Plaza here in Grand Rapids, 9 to 5. You can find more information, www.joemartino.com forward slash relationships. It is a pay what you can afford conference. So pay whatever you want. You won't offend me. Come get tools that will help you have a healthier, better life and healthier relationships. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time. Remember, change possible.